What's up, fantasy football gamers? My name is Andrew Erickson, and today I'm going to be talking about best ball over on DraftKings.com. I'm going to be talking about basic best ball strategy, reviewing a roster that I drafted myself on the platform, and talk about an approach that is sweeping the nation called Zero RB. To start things off, let's talk about what is the Zero RB strategy. Now, the premise behind the Zero RB strategy is simple. You deliberately avoid drafting running backs in the early rounds of your fantasy football drafts, and that allows you to focus on the other positions like wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback. The first running back that you draft typically doesn't come off the board onto your roster until the middle to late rounds, typically after round seven. So why is your running back so beneficial? The strategy has been effective for the past two seasons because it forces drafters to choose the best player available more often as opposed to reaching on running backs that don't necessarily be drafted where they're being selected. Basically, you're avoiding just drafting a running back to fill out the starting slot. Then stockpiling running backs later on allows for massive return on investments as we've seen a large majority of late-round running backs drastically beat their ADP as game-changers on zero running back squads. Guys like Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, and Kenneth Walker were top targets for zero RB drafters last season, and they were available in round seven or later. You also take on less injury risk with your early round draft capital, with running backs commonly the most injury-prone position. When should you use the zero running back strategy? Now, the zero running back strategy works best on platforms like the DraftKings because the scoring format includes a full point per reception. That's advantageous because the scoring format boosts wide receiver and tight end pass catchers more so than running backs. It's also great in best ball where there's a big advantage to drafting the elite players at the onesie positions like quarterback and tight end. DraftKings' large 20-man roster also is very beneficial for those following a zero RB approach because you can load up on even more running backs in the late double-digit rounds. Now that we've reviewed the zero RB strategy, let's put the approach into practice. And there's no better time than right now on DraftKings. As best ball season rolls onward, get in on the drafting action and play with me in DraftKings' biggest best ball contest ever. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or fresh rookie, now is a great time to jump in onto the action playing the game you love. You can compete now in DraftKings' biggest ever best ball contest with $10 million guaranteed in total prizes, and the winner will be taking home a $1 million top prize. This week through July 14th is also best ball week at DraftKings. Each day, DraftKings will provide a new exclusive best ball-related offer. Visit DraftKings.com slash NFL best ball week for more information. Draft at your own speed with faster slow drafts and use DraftKings pre-draft rankings or upload a CSV to add your own to optimize your experience. Play best ball all summer long on DraftKings and sit back and relax while your points add up throughout the football season. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See terms at DraftKings.com slash best ball. Now, let's get back to my best ball squad. I just drafted a zero RB $10 DraftKings team in their biggest best ball tournament ever with $1 million up at the top. Here's how it played out, drafting from the seventh overall position. I started my team off in true zero running back fashion with wide receiver Stephon Diggs. For Josh Allen's injury in week nine, Diggs was the wide receiver one overall in points per game among wide receivers with a 28% target share, averaging 109 receiving yards per game. In round two, I went with a second year wide receiver breakout star, Garrett Wilson. I could have stacked Josh Allen with Diggs here as well, but decided I wanted the wide receiver instead. Last year in games started by non-Zach Wilson Jets quarterbacks, Garrett Wilson posted per-game averages that would have resulted in the 10th most fantasy points per game among wide receivers last season. In round three, I was eyeing Mark Andrews as an elite tight end, but he went right before my pick, 
so I settled on another wide receiver in T. Higgins from the Cincinnati Bengals. He fell to wide receiver 16, so I felt like I liked the value and knew I could likely stack him with his quarterback with my next pick. In round four, I did exactly that, selecting quarterback Joe Burrow. If there's anyone that can supplant Patrick Mahomes as the NFL's leader in touchdown passes, it's Burrow. And in hindsight, I'm glad I got my elite quarterback when I did, because both Justin Fields and Justin Herbert were gone by my next pick. Round four is where I feel most comfortable pulling the trigger on an elite fantasy quarterback. I don't feel like I have to pay up that much for that particular position. Round five brought more fantasy wide receiver goodness in the form of Falcons wide receiver Drake London. Remember, on DraftKings, you can have up to four wide receivers score for your team each week. London averaged over 83 yards and five receptions per game to close out his rookie year with Desmond Ritter under center. Easily my most drafted player so far on DraftKings, I felt Deontay Johnson was too good to pass up even as my first bench player as my wide receiver five on my squad in round six. However, my love for Deontay blinded me to the fact that I made a critical error in the zero RB strategy as I failed to acquire a difference-making tight end. I pushed my luck hoping I could select either Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, or Dallas Goddard in round seven, but my savvy opponents weren't so kind to me. Let my mistake be a reminder to be super attentive to the tight end position while drafting the zero running back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With no more tight ends worthy of being drafted this high in round seven for my estimates, I broke the running back seal in round seven with Arizona Cardinals running back James Conner. Crazy to think you can get a massive workhorse like Conner in round seven as the RB25 off the board because he's the ideal first running back to draft on a zero RB squad. He played essentially six games last year without Kyler Murray and averaged over 21 fantasy points per game in those contests. Conner never finished outside the weekly top 15 running backs over that same time span. In round eight, I went back to the wide receiver position with the best player available with Washington Commanders wide receiver Jahan Dotson. I think he's an intriguing year two level jumper at the position. He led the Commanders in target share over the team's last six weeks. I wanted to generate some week 17 postseason correlation in the best ball tournament setting that DraftKings has, so Garrett Wilson's ex-teammate Elijah Moore was a perfect fit with the Browns taking on the Jets during the Fantasy Football Championship in week 17. I think that Elijah Moore is primed for a bounce back with Deshaun Watson as his new quarterback. In round 10, I considered going in the tight end direction, but I fell victim to a tight end run yet again, with four being drafted before my pick. Specifically, I really wanted David Njoku as another Browns pass catcher, but he went one spot ahead of my selection. So I took another commander with running back Antonio Gibson. He's been a fantasy RB1 in the past, so I'm hoping he can carve out a big role under a new offensive coaching staff. He also creates a two-man Washington stack with Jahan Dotson. With just two running backs rostered, I need to start attacking the position with volume. Quantity over quality when you go ZRRB. I think Damian Harris for the Buffalo Bills has massive upside should he carve out the red zone role in the Buffalo's high-octane offense. He also creates a Bills stack with my first-round pick, Stephon Diggs. I finally cracked the tight end position in round 12 with Gerald Everett. Although this wasn't ideal strategy going into wait this long for a tight end, sometimes you need to pivot mid-draft. Because overdrafting the middle tier of tight ends is just a bad approach. You want to stay out of the middle at the position. Draft an elite guy or just wait and wait some more. 
Everett was the tight end 15 and ranked second on the team in red zone targets, fifth among all tight ends last season. Round 13 comes with more shots on potential breakout running backs. I love rookie third rounder Kendra Miller because he could have a massive role in the Saints offense should Alvin Kamara miss time. He's also a home run hitter as a rusher, so he can create explosive plays even on limited touches. I needed a backup quarterback in round 14 after selecting Joe Burrow as my elite passer. Kenny Pickett has a surplus of weapons and is an underrated rusher with 235 rushing yards last year. He also creates a Steeler stack with wide receiver Deontay Johnson. He would be my final quarterback selected because you should only draft two quarterbacks on teams when you already have an elite option at the position. If Burrow doesn't deliver or gets hurt, a third quarterback won't save your squad anyway. My last six picks were the following. Round 15, running back Chuba Hubbard. Round 16, running back Jeff Wilson Jr. Round 17, tight end Isaiah Likely. Round 18, running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Round 19, tight end Logan Thomas. And round 20, my final pick, running back Zamir White. Basically, I took more shots on four backup running backs that could have larger roles than ADP might suggest. Chuba Hubbard was super efficient last season. He's on the Carolina Panthers. Jeff Wilson was a fantasy RB2 in 53% of his games played last year between two teams, the 49ers and Miami Dolphins. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a ton of touchdown upside should he reclaim his starting role in the Chiefs' elite offense. And Zamir White could see a larger role with the Raiders after a redshirt rookie season, with Josh Jacobs' touches nowhere to go but down after leaving the NFL in touches a season ago. I also added two more tight ends to my squad. Second-year tight end Isaiah Likely has massive upside as a plug-and-play tight end one if Andrews misses any games. And Logan Thomas has been completely forgotten about despite his clear-cut tight end one status on the commander's roster. He's another year removed from an ACL injury, and there's no tight end being drafted as late as him with his track record of production. He finished fourth at the position in 2020 and was 10th in points per game in 2021. My final zero RB squad consists of two quarterbacks, eight running backs, seven wide receivers, and three tight ends. I cannot wait to see how this team shakes out against the competition. And with that, if you enjoyed this DraftKings strategy video, be sure to give it a like, subscribe, and share with all your friends. Make sure you go over to DraftKings.com and start best ball drafting today. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Fantasy Pros.